Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Holy Crap It's Sports for a Wednesday, June 5th. Hey, D-Day celebration coming up tomorrow, so don't, uh, don't forget, uh, later tonight, about, uh, good grief, 1944, so that was what... I can't do the math. But anyway, it was a long time ago, and this is one of the big anniversaries. And uh, at D-Day, so remember that, that the world was saved by um, some toxic masculinity. <laughs> I'm Pete Davis. It's Holy Crap at Sports, number 25, and uh, coming to you live from the palatial Sandy Springs studio where I have the... Uh, the air conditioner off because it's a nice cool day with a little rain so it's lovely the braves are in pittsburgh tonight and we got lots to talk about in fact let me get you the list here and as always you can follow me on twitter at pete davis one uh the number one at pete davis one or you can uh, write me uh at yahoo and i just remembered i didn't check my mail today so i won't be reading any mail today sorry i'll do it in the next one pete davis one at yahoo.com i knew there was something i forgot yeah but that's what happens when you're still on medication. But anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, the latest on the Craig Kimbrell Dallas Keuchel sweepstakes. The Kimbrell Keuchel sweepstakes. Say that five times fast. Uh, don't say Hotlanta. This is the last time I'm going to tell you. What is the woman's name? Heidi Watney on uh, MLB Network does a fantastic job on that network. All the women on the network are great. In fact, if I was going to go in there, I would fire half the men and keep all the women because none of the women suck. It's mainly the guys. But anyway, she says Hotlanta. Come on, we've got to stop doing that. Nobody says Hotlanta unless you're a douche, and I know Heidi's not a douche. Anyway, uh, kidney stone update, day seven, uh, my bladder held hostage. Uh, Why is Nick Markakis still batting fifth? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, lunch with Christian. Those who followed the camera show know who the lovely Miss Christian is. And uh, we had lunch yesterday. She pulled me out of my apartment. She was concerned, thinking I was just going to sit around and uh, shoot heroin and drink all day. And she was half right. So we went out and uh, had lunch and then went to tar- Target for some sunglasses. And didn't leave with any sunglasses, but left with some memories that I will share with you. Oh, by the way... Uh, her rides here. And by the way, she has promised to come by uh, if she survived yesterday's trip. She is, she's promised to come by in the next few uh, days or weeks to uh, be on the podcast as a guest. She goes, what will we talk about? I said, anything you want to. I don't care. Uh, the Nationals are delusional, or at least their broadcasters are. The Onion is sending up poor Andrew McCutcheon just a day or two after he blew out his knee. Now they're making fun of him. Safety nets or bubble wrap for the fans? What are we going to do? Uh, Bruce Bochy meets John McGraw. Clint Frazier can be a bit, uh, bit of a um, nozzle, can he? That's uh, twice we've used that word, or once. Anyway, uh, Clint Frazier, I always want to call him Chet. Uh, to bunt or not to bunt in a no-no. Mac Brown and Vince Carter news, which means, oh my God, the Atlanta Hawks were mentioned on the national media. Uh, Pete's tweets and this day in baseball history. So let's get to it, shall we? Holy cow, you know what? I did one just two days ago, and it's like it's been a week. There's so much stuff going on. I mentioned Heidi Watney. Please stop saying Hotlanta. Also, uh, the kidney stone, uh, the good news is it's not painful right now, and the bad news is I've lost track of it. 
So, who knows? Uh, Nick Marcakis is batting fifth again tonight up at Pittsburgh. The Braves uh, got behind 5-2 last night, then exploded for a 12-5 win. If I, Josh Donaldson hit a monster home run, but that kid, Austin Riley, did it again, a three-run homer to tie the game and started the comeback. And i got to tell you, you know he's going to cool off at some point, but I hope this continues for a while. The Mississippi masher, as I like to call him, Austin Riley, should be batting fifth, especially last night when the, uh, the Braves were up against a, a lefty who held him in check pretty much uh, for most of the game. And Marcakis was like, let's see, check it out. He was 0 for 5. He's batting 271, which is decent, but he's 0 for 5. I mean, I said this last year. He's not a fifth hitter. He's just not. He's a sixth hitter. He's perfect for that. But uh, there's a right-hander on the mound for Pittsburgh tonight. I believe his name is, uh, well, I forget it. Joe Musgrave, that's his name. And I'm calling him Joe. His real name is Joseph. And uh, he's pitching tonight. He's a right-hander, so it makes a little sense to have Marcakis uh, batting fifth. And I know you want to balance the lineup with lefty riders and righties and all that. But, okay, you got a guy who went 0 for 5, and he's batting 271 against a guy who's batting 324, was 1 for 4 last night with a three-run homer to tie the game. He scored three runs as well, and he's playing a better left field. I'm just saying. Anyway, what else we got going on today? Uh, Ken Rosenthal has uh, made uh, his thoughts known on Twitter about uh, Craig Kimbrell. He believes he's going to the Cubs. At least that's the strong rumor floating about. As of right now, it is 5.13 p.m. uh, Eastern Time or Eastern Daylight. I don't care. Uh, John Morosi tweeted after that that he didn't think the Braves were going to sign him. The Braves were not one of the teams involved in signing Craig Kimbrell, which is a little surprising to me because now they won't lose any draft picks, which is, to me, the big argument against it, plus losing a little money in that situation. The Mets, Robinson Cano was back after two weeks with that strained quad, which, talk about a manly athletic injury. A strained quad. I have a strained quad. That's why I'm not out there on the softball field. Uh, And the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon, unfortunately, uh, has blown out his ACL in a rundown. That's what the onion is making fun of. We'll get to that in a little bit. It's it's very funny. And I got to give credit to the Phillies GM for going out and trading for Jay Bruce when he did. He got Bruce because Odubel Herrera has been suspended for the domestic violence alleged incident. And so they went out and got Jay Bruce, who did nothing but win the game for them uh, last night with a homer, uh, an RBI double. Uh, I think it was two runs he knocked in. And then he hit a grand slam. And then he's just hit another one this afternoon. So he's had three home runs in a game and a half. So kudos to the Phillies GM, whoever that is these days. I'm not exactly up to date with the Phillies. Uh, GM uh, since Ruben Amaro. I don't think he's there, is he? So anyway, let's go to what The Onion has written about Andrew McCutcheon trying desperately to come up with a less emasculating explanation for the injury, Andrew McCutcheon admitted that he is too embarrassed to tell everyone that he actually got hurt playing baseball. This is humiliating. How do you get hurt running around a stupid baseball diamond? There is no way I'm going to live this down, said the Phillies outfitter, confiding that he told his neighbors that he fell off a ladder while cleaning his gutter rather than admit the truth that he managed to tear his ACL in the sport with minimal movement and almost no physical contact. Okay. You know you've gone too far with your different uh, rule changes about no contact at second base and, and at home plate and uh, in your three true outcomes when even the onion is making fun of you for no movement on the field, no balls in play. It's basically pitcher, catcher, playing catch. 
thank you, Brian Kenny. Uh, more on this onion context. He says, it's not like I was diving for a catch or collided with a catcher while trying to dive in a home. Half these guys have pot bellies and they don't get hurt. I was so embarrassed at first, I told the doctor I slipped on a spill in the locker room. Uh, cuss alert coming. Even that's tougher than getting hurt playing fucking baseball. At press time, McCutcheon had retreated to the locker room after being bullied by his fellow teammates for his pathetic injury. So once again, it's probably funnier if you read it yourself instead of me reading it to you, but the youngin is making fun of baseball and the lack of action. Go figure. Speaking of action, a bad action a few days ago in Houston when that foul ball hit that four-year-old little girl and who's still recuperating. I don't know exactly what she's doing at the moment. But Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has come out saying he doesn't expect teams to make any changes to the protective netting this season saying that every ballpark is different and then you can't just do a mandatory, okay, it's going to be this far or that far or whatever. Well, my, okay, I'm more on that in just a second. Uh, this comes less than a week after the child in Houston was a hit. Uh, let's see, Cubs outfitter Albert Amora Jr. hit that line drive and then later got very upset about it, says he's going to keep in, uh, in communication uh, with the young girl's family and the young girl. And uh, according to the commissioner, he said, you can't net everything, and uh, so here's my thing. If you're going to the ball game, you can't take a four-year-old kid and sit in the first ten rows down the foul lines. You can't do it. You, and it's common sense, people. We can't put nets on everybody, and we can't put bubble wrap on everybody. Okay, don't take young kids to the bottom rows. Uh, don't take an older person whose uh, reflexes aren't there anymore to the bottom rows. Uh, always, if you're the uh, man there or the woman who's in shape in middle age or young, you need to sit in front of the kids between the batter and the kids and the elderly. You have to sit there. And you cannot be on your phone. And you can't be chatting with everybody while, while the ball's in play. Or even while the ball's not in play. While the pitcher has the ball in his hand on the mound, you have to be watching what's going on. I mean, it's very simple. You'd think we wouldn't have to tell people this. Baseball's been around uh, 150 plus years, and there's been very few incidents of people getting killed or hurt badly in the stands, but it has happened. But you cannot put a net around everything. See, you know, people have been saying that the fans say we don't want that net there. And uh, here's another thing if you're the designated watcher, you can't duck. That means if you take one in your grill, you take one in your grill. You, you, you take that pot belly and let it bounce off of it. Uh, take your glove. And, and anybody who says that grown men shouldn't take gloves to baseball games needs to get a life now. I'm sorry. But it's still one of the last joys of being a kid as grown into an adult to take your uh, glove to a baseball game and catch a, catch a ball. It's manlier if you do it without the glove. But it's, I have no problem with guys taking gloves to the ball game, even though I myself do not do that. Uh, Bruce Bochy, reeking of beer after his players doused him during the postgame celebration, sat in the visiting manager's office at City Field in Queens, flushing a can of Bud Light behind his desk along with bottles of Woodford Reserve Double Oaked Bourbon and 2014 Origine Coudre from Bordeaux. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't really care either way. He was celebrating because he got his 1,000th victory as manager of the San Francisco Giants. And uh, he joined John McGraw, the only Giants managers, John doing it in New York City, to win 1,000 regular season games 
Uh, they beat the Mets 9-3 Tuesday night. Uh, basically scored six runs in the 10th inning. Noah Syndergaard uh, should have stayed one more uh, batter there. Uh, no angst in the club's uh, playhouse because the players toasted Bochi. The staff gathered in his office for a second round of tributes. He's 64 years old. Uh, managed the Giants to World Series titles in 2010, 12, and 14. He's going to retire after this season. That's why they're giving him all the liquor. He says, this year I'm going to savor. And he's got a lot of liquor there to savor it with. Uh, he also said, as you see things coming to an end, your gratitude meter gets dialed way up. And here's something that shocked me. With all the World Series he's had, three in the last decade, wins, Bochi has 1,003 losses. He's got three more losses than he does wins in San Francisco. Isn't that bizarre? I could see if they put his Padres managerial tilt on that as well. But these are just the Giants. He's uh, over his entire career. He's won 1,951 games, and he's lost 1,978. That's what 27. Once again, math. That's 27. During a 25-year career as a major league manager, started in San Diego, McGraw led the New York Giants to 2,583 wins. Good grief! That's like uh, almost 600, oh, well, over 600 more than Abochi's has right now and of course Bochi uh, he's got a lot of fond memories of the Mets here he made his major league debut as a player a few hundred feet away at the old Shea Stadium in July 19th 1978 he instantly recalled okay I feel bad about not knowing the D-Day date so let's let's do something that we have all this technology let's use it here Uh, Alexa what is 2019 minus 1945 Okay, 74. So, so it was 19. So, 70. This is the 75th anniversary of the D Day landing of the Allied forces. Allied. Let, let, let me emphasize that. Allied. Not American, not British, not free French, not Canadian, not Polish, not everybody else who helped us, Australian and whatever, that landed on the beach that day. It was. New Zealanders, Kiwis, whatever. It was the allies, which shows to me everybody who says to you, diversity is our strength, is either got an agenda or they're a moron. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Uh, together we stand, united we fall. It's when diverse people come together for a common goal that we are strong. That's why we were called the allies. But that's just, a, I'm sorry, I digress. But on the 75th anniversary, where you have 95-year-old men parachuting into France, doing the old George Bush Sr. thing, parachuting in their 90s to celebrate they saved the world against real fascists, not the fake ones you got running around today. Anyway, back to baseball here. Uh, A guy named Clint Frazier, I think he's from the Atlanta area, isn't he? Uh, Two days after he declined to speak to reporters, immediately following what he called the most difficult game of his professional career in the outfield, Clint Frazier of the Yankees doubled down yesterday, saying he had no regrets about avoiding the cameras and ducking questions about the series of, uh, we shall call them defensive miscues he had that night. Actually, the writer from MLB.com or ESPN did it. He says, oh, no, I don't regret not talking to the press. And to be fair, I don't think I owe anyone an explanation because it's not a rule that I have to speak, Frazier said. Huh. Well, let me tell Mr. Frazier something here. One, stop being a douche nozzle and be a man and stand up and meet the press. Because guess what? You do it after you hit a home run, which is what he was doing yesterday after you hit a home run. Suddenly he popped his little weasel head out, his little woodchuck head, his little gopher head out, 
and because he didn't know he was, you know, the whack-a-mole mallet wasn't going to come down on top of him. He spoke to the press yesterday, but he didn't after he was basically doing a Marx Brothers routine during a baseball game out in right field. Uh, and the second thing, Mr. Frazier, is yes, there is a rule. Section 7 of the Collectively Bargained Major League Baseball Players Association's regular season media guideline says, and I quote, it is very important to our game that all, in capital letters, all players are available to the media for reasonable periods and it is the player's responsibility to cooperate in quote i'm on that i'm going to take a little drink once again of the double rye and wet the old whistle once again thank you bambi for the lovely double rye and one of these days i'm going to actually remember the name of it it's out of the out of sight right now, but not out of reach. Often affable and regularly available on nights when he delivers big base hits or clutch home runs, Frazier felt embarrassed by his performance in the field on Sunday, lamenting that he heard for the first time heckling from the fans in Yankee Stadium's bleacher seats who were angered over his woes. Uh, he was charged with an error when a ground ball got past him, rolled to the right field wall, which the Red Sox got a runoff of. He also had trouble tracking a fly ball, which was pretty close to him, which made him dive unsuccessfully at the last second. And then another fly ball he likely should have caught fell along the right field line and resulted in a triple. Frazier said, and did say this, I sucked. And he did. As of Sunday, the Yankees ended up losing also, uh, as they did on Sunday, on Tuesday, 4-3. to three. But he came out after he hit the home run. Uh, he dressed the reporters, addressed them for 31 seconds, then ended the session after a long, awkward pause that came after the second question. So manager Aaron Boone and some coaches, team advisors, teammates have sat him down and spoken privately with him. So hopefully this won't happen again, but it probably will. So uh, Boone's just going to move on from it. And uh, you can't do that. You've got to face the music. I'm sorry. You're a major league ball player. Get the hell out there. Uh, a bench clearing no-no. In the minor leagues, which doesn't happen all that often, but is it okay to bunt to break up a no-hitter? Andrew Simon wrote about this on MLB.com. The Rockies uh, prospect Rico Garcia and a pair of relievers for AA Hartford had a combined no-hitter into the ninth inning of a game against Trenton. Uh, The game was being played in Hartford, and Trenton broke up the no-no. The Yard Goats were ahead by three runs. That's, that's a great name, the Hartford Yard Goats. Closer Ben Bowden began the top of the ninth inning, struck out the Thunders' Jorge Saez. The next batter, Matt Lipka, decided to take the approach. On the first pitch, he dropped down a bunt toward first base, and he beat it out for the single and broke up the no-hit. Is this okay? Tell me on Twitter if this is okay. It's part of baseball. It's part of the rules. It's in there. You can lay down a bunt. And it's a combined no-hitter. It's not like it was Nolan Ryan going for a record one or something. Still, like the Clint Frazier thing, be a man and swing. Don't, don't you, wouldn't you rather break it up with a, a clean, crisp single or home run or double or triple? I know we don't have many of those these days, but, you know, except for the home run part. But come on, a bunt? Really? A bunt? I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't. I would, look, I would look down at those who did. Anyway, it also brings up to that, remember back in 2001, Ben Davis of the Pods bunted for a hit which broke up a perfect game bid by Diamondbacks pitcher Kurt Schilling in the eighth inning. That's also a little unmanly. Perfectly legal, but a little wussy there. Uh, Also, moving on, uh, this is a little college football plus uh, baseball. Uh, Two uh, highly uh, looked at baseball prospects have decided to forego the MLB draft 
uh, Monday night and go play football and baseball in college. And they're both in the SEC. Running back Jerrion Ely and defensive back Maurice Hampton have decided to uh, go to college, and good for them. Uh, Both Ely and Hampton were projected as potential high draft picks, but neither were selected in the first round on Monday because they told the teams, don't draft us, we're going to to college. Uh, Ely uh, said he's going to stay at Ole Miss, and also Hampton is going to stay at LSU. Uh, Mac Brown, the great Texas Longhorns coach and now North Carolina coach, says he had his right knee replaced, get this, by a surgeon who once played for him. How cool is that? Uh, Mac Brown, by the way, is 67-year-old, uh, underwent the procedure Monday. Uh, Dr. Michael Bolognese, who makes an excellent plate, played defensive back for Brown from 89 to 93 uh, said the surgery won't affect the coach's summer schedule. By the way, he played for the Tar Heels. And Brown said, first off, how cool is it that one of our former players replaced my knee? We talk about building young men so they can be productive husbands, fathers, and citizens. And by golly, they did it. They worked for Dr. Bolognese, did they not? I like saying that word because I like to eat Bolognese. Uh, which I hope I'm pronouncing it correct. Is it bolognese? Anyway, uh, I don't like the veal, but I like the re- the other, the beef. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, let's see. You can get a good one at uh, Trader Joe's, by the way. They are not paying me to say that. But you know what? Who can pay me is anyone that's making whiskey because I'm going to take another drink of the double rye. In fact, while I'm drinking, I'm going to get the name of that. It is, oh, yes. It is High West Double Rye Whiskey. And I believe it's made in Texas, but don't quote me on that. A lot of fine things made in Texas. My sister was from Texas. Anyway, let's see. Uh, Vince Carter, the Atlanta Hawk. An Atlanta Hawk is in the news, the national media. Thank goodness, because, you know, every day I go through ESPN, and I go through MLB, I go the NFL, I go uh, sometimes the soccer, I go by college football, and I go through the NBA thing, and once... Once, I think in my entire life, have I seen a story about the Atlanta Hawks. It's, it's, not, it's not right. Uh, Vince Carter says he's going to retire after the next season, which would be his 22nd NBA season. I'm old enough to remember being in a bar called Stooges in Atlanta and some uh, Tar Heel fan coming up and saying, you're not going to believe this kid we got, this Vince Carter. He's going to be something. He did go to North Carolina, didn't he? I always get Duke, North Carolina, and Wake always mixed up. Uh, And NC State as well. That should make them happy. Uh, But Vince Carter says he's going to come back. He told ESPN's The Jump. uh, And Rachel Nichols reminded him that he said he played two more years in each of the past few seasons. But now he believes it's just going to be one more. And by the way, he can still play. And also, by the way, uh, Rachel Nichols has got the smarmiest smile. Good-looking woman. But when she smiles, it's kind of like... It's like she doesn't mean it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, time for another sip because we're almost up on this date in baseball history. Mm-mm-mm. We're almost. But before we do that, we got to do Pete's tweets. And uh, I got to tell you, I mentioned earlier that uh, Miss Christian came by and took me to lunch yesterday. And then afterwards, we went to um, Target because I needed some sunglasses, and I got to take my picture with the Target dog, which someone pointed out today on Twitter is a complete ripoff of Spuds McKenzie from Budweiser ads, back when Budweiser was American and actually made beer. And, uh, well, 
I digress. But I got to meet the Target dog. I don't know if it's got a name or anything. And uh, it does. It looks exactly like Spuds McKenzie. If you go on my Facebook page or the Kimmer Facebook page, which is still up, uh, you can actually see a photo of me next to that. How handsome. And, of course, I'm not going to read the thread. You have to go on Facebook and you have to go on my Twitter account and read the comments people made about our trip to Target because I posted pictures of Christian and I posted pictures of me and I posted pictures of some things we found in the toy department. And the comments are hysterical. So you need to go. I don't have time to read all of them because they're just too damn funny. But I also posted eight toys I found in the toy department. And uh, this is is a little scary. This, This says a lot about our society and western civilization here's the first one that caught my eye flush and frenzy basically it's a uh, poop that comes flying out of a toilet and it gives you a toy toilet and a plunger and i guess you plunge until the poop comes out that was the first one next to it was pull my finger you never know when mr buster's gonna blow and basically it's a monkey saying pull his finger and and the, his butt explodes with a fart. That was one of the cleaner ones. Uh, the second one, the third one was don't step in it. It was a blindfolded dad about to step in a pile of dew while the kids and the dogs laugh. Do, is this what families do? I mean, I don't have any kids, but is this what people do on weekends? They, instead of the old slip and slide, they just break out dog poo? Uh, The one after that was the game to end all party games it advertises itself, Poop the Potato. This one I didn't even want to get too close to. Uh, Then there was Pimple Pete, and it's basically, uh, first of all, that that insults. That's very insulting and hurts, hurtful. Pimple Pete uh, basically has a face where you squeeze the pimples. I can't think of a few things more disgusting, except for the thing right next to it, which is past the poop. These are all toys right next to each other in Target. In fact, the majority of the toys on this wall, these little games, were about scatological things. Pass the poop. And it's basically a little foam poop thing. Remember when we had the time bomb? What did Mattel or Hasbro make it? Basically, <laughs> it, was a, it was a round plastic ball, which you twisted the top on it. It was a, a TNT bomb, you know, like Wile E. Coyote always used to hold. And you tossed it back and forth, and it would tick, 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 tick. And then it would go pop. And whoever was holding it would scare the hell out of you because it would make this big pop in your hands. And uh, I don't think they make it anymore, but I hear it's, it's really big in certain countries. But uh, yeah, pass the poop instead of a pass the time bomb. I don't know if you've uh, regressed or progressed in the last 40 years on that one. And then, of course, next to that, once again, the poor dogs involved, peeing pup. I don't know what this entails. It shows a kid walking around holding a puppy up in the air, and the pup is peeing. And then the final one, oh yes, thank God, the final one, uh, doggy do. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Doggy do. And it shows a dog, a happy dog, farting. And of course, there's probably poo involved somewhere because it says do. And by the way, doggy do retails for $22.99. Peeing pup, $19.99. Let's see who else we got here. Pimple Pete, $19.99. Uh, don't step in it. Nineteen ninety nine. Pull my finger. Nineteen ninety nine. And flush and frenzy, which has the flying uh, poop coming out of the toilet. Uh, you can send that to your kids for just nineteen ninety nine plus tax. And if you buy two of them, you know it's the same price. Just pay an extra fee. Okay. And a more pleasant note. 
and uh, Pete's tweets here. Uh, the final thing, because you've seen a picture of me at Target. You've seen the poop pictures at Target. Now you can see the good stuff. Uh, Miss Christian took photos. Uh, she was modeling the latest in the festive fashion, the Take Pride section, which is all over Target. You know that you can purchase rubbing lotion for the beach in a rainbow bottle? It's gay-friendly because it's in the, the, the rainbow bottle. You don't want to buy the regular bottle. You got to buy that one. And so there's a picture of Christian on there. So if you want to check out, that's one of the perks of being on uh, the Facebook pages and the Twitter page. You get to see pictures of, uh, actually, I don't think I put hers on the Twitter, but it's on the Facebook. Okay, moving along here. Uh, Carrie says about Josh Donaldson, I think the mullet adds 50 horsepower for Donaldson. He may be right, and that ball he hit last night was a monster. The Atlanta Braves have tweeted, with that three-run homer last night, Austin Riley now has 25 RBIs in his first 18 games. Since RBI became an official statistic back in 1920, Riley is the second fastest player to 25 RBIs by games in Major League history. Pretty good. Uh, Paul Bird (laughs) was asked a question by Frederick. Uh, Paul Bird, the former uh, pitcher, now works for Fox Sports South. Frederick said, name a time you proved someone wrong who doubted you. Be as petty as you like. And Paul goes, okay. The time I asked a cute girl out in 1992, and she gave me an emphatic no. We've been married for 25 years. Hashtag showed her. Uh, Paul does a good job on that, the Braves broadcast. Uh, Freddie uh, Freeman made history again last night. Freddie became the sixth Braves player with 300 doubles and 200 home runs. 300 doubles, that's nothing to sneeze about right there. Uh, another little, the Babylon Bee uh, put out this headline. Lego introduces new sharper bricks that instantly kill you when you step on them. Anyone who stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night in the dark knows what I'm talking about. There's a great meme that shows a great white shark with its head sticking out of the ocean, and it looks like it's screaming, and it says, actual photo of a great white stepping on a Lego. Uh, Let's see, who sent this? This was Rod Rod did. Rod Bowler sent a tweet. He took a picture of our old building we worked at, which is still across the street from me, and did it in his John Wayne voice from that biblical movie. It truly is the building of death. And that's sorry, that's a really bad John Wayne there. But thanks, Rod, for that. 680 The Fan posted uh, this tweet yesterday. Max Free, the Braves lefty, got banged around last night, but is having a very good year, is all of 25 years old, okay? His first really success in the majors he's having this year. About Austin Riley. This is what Max Freed said about Austin Riley. It's extremely impressive. The kid can't miss anything. Got a 25-year-old calling someone else a kid. Okay, you've heard of uh, the 12-pack of beer. You've heard of the 24-pack and maybe even larger one than that. Well, there, now there's a really large one. Josh p- posted this on Twitter. How about a 99-can pack of Paps Blue Ribbon? So the good thing is it's 99 cans, and it's, it's as long as a table. It really is in a cardboard box. And I don't know how it's holding it, but there it is. The bad thing is it's PBR, because that's just straight horse piss. I'm sorry. I have a lot of friends who drink it, and I just don't understand. Uh, let's see. My uncle warned me about that. Of course, he drank Miller Lite, so I, I, the champagne of beers, come on. I'm not going to 
make any comments about that. Let's see, what else we got? Album of the day is the old Moody Blues on the threshold of a dream, which is very drug-induced by them. One of the best pictures they ever took of the band is there. They're sitting in the English fog in the rain, uh, looking at the camera, looking like they'd rather be anywhere else but there. Oh, here's something. See if you recognize this. I'm going to turn it up as much as I can. Probably won't go well over the microphone here, but see. Don't ever do that again. Play it again. Don't ever do that again. That was Johnny Depp in the movie Lone Ranger. I stayed up to five this morning. I got nothing else to do. I got to go to work. And I finally watched that movie, which came out six years ago, and everybody hated it and everybody panned it. It wasn't that bad of a movie. It was a little long, but there were some good action scenes, and Johnny Depp is hysterical in it. I mean, really, there's a lot of eye rolling going on. And uh, even though that other guy, I forget his name, who played uh, the Lone Ranger, they kind of made him as the stupid, stiff, white guy, and there was a lot of anti-white stuff in there. But, hey, uh, this was the uh, the 1800s, and there was a lot of bad stuff going on with white people. As a white person, yeah. So, <laughs> But Johnny Depp was really hysterical in this movie and uh, did a very good job, I thought. Ended kind of weird, but... I don't think Hollywood knows how to end a movie anymore these days. Uh, he said that at the end, the very end of the movie, I won't spoil it for you because it's a six-year-old movie, as uh, the Lone Ranger does his hi-ho silver away and waves his hat. And that's when uh, Johnny Depp looks at him and says, as Tonto, don't ever do that again. It's a funny line. Uh, let's see. I also mentioned, why does Nick Marcakis earlier, why does Nick Marcakis bat fifth still when it's obvious that Austin Riley should be there and Ben wrote back logically because he bats after the guy who's fourth okay then that put me in my place uh, this just came over just a few minutes ago Matt Gelb has posted this the Blue Jays have done a really cool thing they have drafted Roy Holiday's son Braden Holiday in the 32nd round Braden is headed to Penn State to play baseball but the Blue Jays have drafted and that's where Roy Holiday had most of his success. I know he won a World Series with the, the Phillies, but I got to tell you, didn't he have? Yeah, he had no hit or two in the playoffs for the Phillies, but he did so well with the Blue Jays. He was a pleasure to watch, wasn't he? All right, it's time to take a sip of water because I've been drinking a lot of whiskey. Because it's time for this date in baseball history, and we all like to get. It's time for the home stretch here, since I forgot the mail today. Uh, on this date, June 5th, 1920, citing the abolition of the spitball as the reason for the dramatic increase in home runs, Tom Scheib denies the baseballs are livelier that season. The A's vice president is also a member of the company which makes the baseballs. Okay, y'all is talking. They're doing it again this year about the lively ball and that the, the stitches are too you know close to the ball and too tightly wound and all this other stuff, or they put rubber in the middle of it. I mean, all this other crazy theories and stuff like that. But it is livelier this year for whatever reason. But we think that this is a modern thing. They were arguing about this in 1920, which, by the way, was the beginning of the live ball era. On this day, 1959, Pittsburgh slugging first baseman Dick Stewart hit a 457-foot homer over the Forbes Field center field wall, the longest home run in the 50-year history of that ballpark. It was a Pirates loss to uh, the Cubs. I mentioned Dick Stewart because he had one of the greatest names of all time, nicknames, Dr. Strange Glove. Dr. Strange Glove. 1973 on this date, the Rangers, bypassing future Hall of Famers Dave Winfield and Robin Yount, selected a high school pitching phenom David Clyde, who was 18-0 as a senior with 14 shutouts and five no-hitters in the first round and the first pick of the amateur draft, showing why the Rangers did not have a lot of success back in the 1970s, because David Clyde 
who was 18 years old out of Houston, Texas, was immediately brought up as a starting pitcher in the uh, major leagues, winning only seven games and 25 decisions in three seasons. So you can say maybe they ruined him. I don't know. On this day in 1974, Oakland outfitter Reggie Jackson, tired of being picked on by Billy North. Can you imagine Billy North picking on Reggie Jackson? Tackled his teammate on the A's in the Tiger Stadium clubhouse, a nasty fight which resulted in costly injuries. In addition to Reggie injuring his shoulder, Ray Fossey, the catcher, attempting to separate them, crushed a disc in his neck that ended his season. But they went on to beat the uh, Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers in that final, uh, the end of their three-year run as World Series champions in 74. On this day, 1977, on Old Timers Day, the Dodgers retired former manager Walter Austin's uniform number 24. Smokey won 2,040 games, lost 1,613. That's a 558 uh, winning record. Seven pennants, four world championships during 23 years. Pretty good. On this day in 1981, moving ahead of early win, Nolan Ryan became the all-time walk leader with 1,777 bases on balls uh, with a 3 nothing victory over the Mets. He would go on to pitch 27 years, would walk 2,795 men. That is nearly a 1,000 more than the runner-up, which is, unbelievably, Steve Carlton. Another Hall of Famer. On this day in 1986, Casey Candell made his Major League debut, pinch hitting for the Expos in a loss to Philadelphia at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Uh, the versatile utility man and his mother, Helen Callahan, a former left-handed center fielder in the All-American Girls Pro Baseball League, became the only mother and son to have played both professional baseball. Pretty cool. On this day in 1987, before the Mets-Pirates game at Shea, Spider-Man married Mary Jane Watson. An attendance at the wedding ceremony, presided over by Marvel Comics president Stan Lee, who passed away recently, are Spidey's friends Captain America and the Hulk, as well as his enemies Doctor Doom and the Green Goblin. Wasn't it nice that the mortal enemies could come together for a little nuptials. On this day in 19, or 2002, Rangers designated hitter Juan Gonzalez became the 34th major leaguer and the first from Puerto Rico, this is for you Hector, to hit 400 career home runs. On this day in 2003, Tony Clark changed his number from 00 to 52. Why would he do that? Well, the Mets player wanted to give Mr. Met his identity back because Mr. Met had been double alt until Tony showed up. So Tony took 52, and Mr. Met got double zeros back. How nice of him. In 2000, of course, Tony Clark is now the uh, Players Players Association president. 2008, in a televised game at Fenway Park against Tampa Bay, Ness and cameras catch Manny Ramirez and Kevin Euclid fighting in the dugout. (laughs) Manny took exception to uh, Kevin's demonstrative behavior after the third baseman returned to the bench after striking out. On this day in 2008, joining Mickey Mantle and Eddie Murray, Chipper Jones becomes just the third switch hitter in Major League history to hit 400 home runs. Just one of his four hits as the the Braves beat uh, the Florida Marlins 7-5. On this date in 2009, John Sherholz publicly apologized to Tom Glavin for the club's handling of the Southpaw's release. The Braves president, who chose not to give the future Hall of Famer a million-dollar bonus by adding him to the 25-man roster, doesn't regret the decision, but for the manner in which was portrayed and explained to the veteran pitcher. And it was kind of a bad way. I think a lot of people blame Stan Kasten for that, too. 
2009, caught on video shouting profanities. Not a good day for Alex Rios. He apologizes for the incident, which occurred when he was leaving a Blue Jays charity event. After appearing to ignore a youngster's request for an autograph, the Toronto right fielder shouted an epithet when he hears an older man comment, the way you played today, Alex, you should be lucky somebody wants your autograph. <laughs> I wish we had the name of that elder gentleman because we would definitely mention him and give him a cookie. On this day in 2009, just hours prior to its scheduled demise, Tiger Stadium was saved from complete demolition, not demolition, but complete, when Wayne County Circuit Judge Isidore Torres stopped the crew from tearing down what's left of the ballpark at the corner of Michigan and Trumbull Avenues. A temporary restraining order requested by the old Tiger Stadium Conservancy gave the nonprofit group additional time to raise money for preservation and redevelopment of the historic ballpark. I have never been there. I, I wish I'd seen a game at the old Tiger Stadium. I regret that. And there's a few stadiums, you know, Comiskey as well and the Cleveland Stadium. But uh, I, if you're up there in Detroit listening, please, or if you know, tell me what's left. Someone told me they built a little, a nice little ballpark for uh, kids to play. I don't know. But one day I'll drive, drive up there. And on this day in 2015, Pat Vendette, or Venditti, whatever, became the first full-time switch pitcher in the modern era when he tossed two scoreless frames in Oakland's loss to the Red Sox at Fenway Park. He is ambidextrous. The A's reliever faced the minimum six batters in two innings, uh, allowed a single, but had an inning and a double play after that, and then had a perfect eighth. So he's been up and down over the years. Uh, that was 2015. I saw him recently, I thought, or was it in the last year or the beginning of this year, I saw him uh, playing, pitching for somebody, maybe even the A's or somebody else. But anyway, that's uh, episode number 25 of Holy Crap at Sports. As always, you can follow uh, on Twitter at Pete Davis one also on Parler now, P-A-R-L-E-R, at Pete Davis One. You can write me, Pete Davis One, at Yahoo.com, and I will try and remember to read the mail next time. Once again, the executive uh, producer <laughs> to everybody on Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you like what you hear and want to keep it going, please help out. And we have a lot of people doing that, and I appreciate Well, not a lot. So far, five. And you know what? I appreciate all five of you. Thank you very much. And Esther was the first one. She's always going to be co-producer. She was the first. She asked me today, do you, uh, do you mind us sycophants uh, still uh, talking to you on Facebook and Twitter? It's like, yes, I don't mind. Oh, that came out wrong. No, I don't. I don't mind. <laughs> Please uh, write me. I love hearing from you. And believe me, if you go on the Facebook page and read about the comments about the visit to Target, they are priceless. Some of you have really pulled out your A game on this one. Anyway, I hope everybody had a lovely time. That's it for episode number 25 for June 5th, 2019. And don't, don't forget, later on tonight, uh, give a thought or prayer for those who fought for civilization on this day or tomorrow, June 6th, 1944, when uh, they basically saved all of us, all of us. By the way, there's a great meme out today. Ben Shapiro put out, there's a, a video of the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, going down a line of all the dignitaries in London, you know, for the D-Day celebrations. And she was shaking all their hands, you know, the presidents and the madam presidents and the kings and queens of all the countries in Europe. And there, right in the middle of them, was Angela Merkel, uh, the chancellor of Germany. <laughs> and we're like, well, technically, Germany was there, too. Anyway, everybody have a lovely night, and I'll see you in a day or two. Uh, drink up, Shriners. <laughs>